Okay, so imagine that the MCU was actually created in the 90s. It will start in the 90s. Who do you think would play the role, some of the roles? Do you reckon Angelina Jolie would be big back then, wouldn't she? Was yeah, she? she was. And she was, like, much younger and up and coming, I guess. And She'd probably be your Scarlet Widow, wouldn't she? She would be a good Scarlet, Scarlet Widow. Widow. Black Widow. I've just combined two oh, people. <laughs> the Scarlet Widow, yes. She's I didn't both. even register that. I was like, yes, yeah, Scarlet Widow. <laughs> <laughs> she will be Black Widow, is what I was thinking. She feels like a Black Widow kind of gal. She could also pull off Scarlet Witch. Like, she's got a kind of um, uh, eccentricity to her, I guess. Yes, and she's very, yes. she's a very versatile actress, isn't she? So she could put on the accent and stuff. And yeah. And her hands around. Very true. And Buffy was big in the 90s. And she is, we know what she does. She kicks butt. She'd probably be quite good as a Black Widow also. She would, yeah, definitely. Sarah, Sarah Michelle Geller, yeah? yeah? That's it. Yeah, I just call her Buffy because we're friends. We're allowed to do I keep, I, I, I always like Sarah Michelle Geller, Sarah Jessica Parker, and I'm, I know they're completely different people because it's the the three names. Yeah. It, yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker would not work as a superhero in my opinion. <laughs> I don't know why. No, I think it's just her image is not superhero-y. She could be a villainess, I think. She'd be a good villain, actually. Very good. We said Brendan, Brendan Fraser, obviously. Brent, big... Brendan Fraser, yeah. He, I mean, yeah, he was big in the late 90s, wasn't he? You know who's really big in the 90s and, like, is kind of highly regarded now, but no one, you never see her in things? Demi Moore. Oh, Demi Moore, yes. Demi Moore. She'd be good. She was, like, the highest paid actress of the 90s, and now she turns up in, like, controversial COVID films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, like, just in the background of, like, a 90s rom-com type vibe. Yeah. Yeah, what does she do now? <laughs> I don't know. She she's just written a book, hasn't she, about her life? Oh, well, I won't have read it. <laughs> no, maybe not. We'll add it to book club. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there were some suggestions I found on the internet. So, um, like Brad Pitt was big in the nineties. He started in the early nineties. So I think he percent be in it. Leo DiCaprio. Yeah, and Leo DiCaprio. Yeah, maybe Leo. Uh, yeah, both of them would be good. Leo would work as Spider-Man because he was so young and young looking. He still mm-hmm. is ridiculously young looking, but he'd, you know, thinking of Leo DiCaprio in Titanic, for instance, that's very sort of Spider-Man-y in that he's quite sort of young and uh, precocious and tenacious and, yeah. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow was still big in the 90s, so she could just keep on her Pepper Potts role. <laughs> she won her Oscar in the 90s, yeah. So she, yeah. Yeah, she could just be Pepper Potts. Pepper, <laughs> that's her role. I was going to say, Will Smith, he was big in the 90s. He was. He could do, I mean, he could do any of them. He could be Iron Man because he's so charismatic. Yeah. He he just oozes it. Yeah. He'd be like, if. but Robert Downey Jr. was kind of big in the 90s too, but in a different way. He was. True. Yeah. Darker path. But I think Will Smith as Iron Man would be quite cool if we were going for 90s vibes. I think so. I think because um, that sort of Will Smith, Eddie Murphy, like wisecracking guy was quite popular at the time, wasn't it? And yeah, and the Fresh Will... Prince of Bel Air was big, wasn't it? Fresh Prince, yeah, yeah, it was massive in the nineties. Yeah, Paul Rudd was obviously around, so he could keep his role. Was, yeah, I mean, he, he he was only forty at the time. Yeah, and looked about twenty-seven. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, this was a good suggestion. David Duchovny as Hulk. Oh, yes, actually. That's Isn't very that a good. good suggestion. I'm like, yes, definitely. If you want baby Spider-Man, you could have Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He could set up as a child, yeah. <laughs> baby Spidey. Christina Rishi was obviously quite a big deal back then. She yeah, she could. Uh, she'd be good Scarlet Witch because she's kind of like, you know, a bit more odd looking in a way, isn't she? She's, she's more bewitching. That's why she's in all the Tim Burton films, mm. I'd say. This, this website suggests Alicia Silverstone as Scarlet Witch, which Ooh. I think is good in the 90s. Not so much now, she's a bit odds in her political leanings now, isn't she? I, I have heard, but I'm not sure if I want to believe it. So I'm going to just push it from the back <laughs> of my mind. <laughs> he, uh, he, this one says right. Matthew Broderick as Ant-Man. Oh, he's a controversial little character now too, isn't he? Didn't he run someone over? Did he? Yeah. Well, oh, no. Yeah. What becomes of these 90s? What did the 90s do to people? I blame the heroine. A lot of drugs. <laughs> yeah. There's obviously the young Olsons, the other Olsons, the twins. Oh, they could be, or they could be some kind of sinister sidekick, couldn't they? Yeah, I was going to say, they'd be good villains. They could be Gamora and Nebula. Ooh, 
oh yeah one green one blue that'd be good we'd be like oh we can tell them apart for once <gasps> tia and tamira the sister sister girls <laughs> yeah oh, i'm only cool. looking at twins now apparently <laughs> <gasps> on that note melissa joan hart yes like she, she'd be she'd do it she'd love it Britney used to do a bit of acting back in the 90s as well. Yeah, but we don't talk about that anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then you've got the Safe by the Bell crew. Obviously, they're troubled. Didn't one of them die recently? Yeah, wasn't, wasn't it? Screech? Screech? Yeah. God. Was he in prison when he died? Or have I made that up? Uh, I mean, you might be mixing up several people. Like, again, the 90s screwed everyone over. <laughs> yeah. Well, he did a tell-all book called Behind the Bell. Ooh. Oh, he, he was in prison, but he wasn't in prison when he died. Oh, okay, fine. This is turning into more like a gossip column. I know, I'm like, who's this? <laughs> what um, became of these actors? <laughs> you had Brandy and Moesha. They were big. Do you remember them? Who were they? They were, I'll show you a picture. Brandy, Moesha. Well, they, they had their own shows, pretty much. Oh. Um, where's Moesha? So she, Brandy, Brandy is Moesha. So she's one and the same. Oh, okay. Like a Hannah Montana kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what else did this say? Oh, Doctor Strange, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Oh my God, yes. He's that's made great. a little bit of a, he's, you know, in a little bit of a renaissance. A renaissance. Renaissance. I, I don't think he ever goes out of fashion. He just seems like a nice person, which is always a, a win, really. And also doing stuff that he, where he's laughing at himself a bit more. Like he did so much serious stuff in the mm. 90s, didn't he? And now he's a bit more... Like, yeah, he, know, he knows it's a bit ridiculous and cheesy. Like, always be my maybe. Mm, yeah. Would, um, would, would Ming, Ming now went, so she's um, Melinda May, obviously, in Avengers, would she have been big in the 90s because of Mulan? I don't know if she was big, but she would have, I mean, she would have come to the attention of people because, I mean, she, yeah. she's the voice of Mulan, which m- means that she officially is that voice and that Disney never changed it. Like, they still bring out Jodie Benson to be Ariel, don't they? They do. It's like <laughs> over 30 years old now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was sad when people pass away. Like, Snow White must have gone by this point. I'm looking yeah, at- but the actress who did Sleeping Beauty, still alive. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. She I don't think I'd even recognise her voice. No, well, I don't think she's done much else other than that. I think she's just sort of riding that Disney wave. Well, Samuel R. Jackson, he was big. He can keep his role. Mm, yeah. John Travolta. <laughs> what about John Travolta? Oh, what would he you could, have him do? He could be like one of the guys who has like a cigar by then. Because yeah. he was a bit older by then. So he could have like a cigar and the suit with the white collar and the blue shirt and that sort of thing. And the yellow tie, like the really horrible suits that the yeah. villains wear. Because villains wear horrible suits. They do. That's great. Cruel Intentions. I'm thinking about it. Reese Witherspoon. And what's his name? Ah, we did Ryan him. Philippe. Ryan Philippe. Yeah. But I don't know that I want. He would be um, Iron Fist. <laughs> <laughs> he does look the part. Yeah. He, well, he looks like um, the guy, Finn Jones. Yeah. yeah. This Does one says he... Hawkeye, Christian Slater. Ooh. Which I think is quite cool. This one, this one's on it. This one's on it with these choices. I know. I like that. Still looking at popular movies. Tom uh, Hanks will be around. Tom Hanks could be Coulson. Yeah, I think so. He, he'd do something like that. This one suggests for Iron Man, Tom Cruise, but I prefer our Will Smith suggestion. I yeah, think, I do. He can I do think... the wisecracks a bit better. Yeah, and he just seems, I warm towards him a bit more. Tom Cruise's warmth feels a bit fake to me. Yeah, yeah. And this one says Thor, Dolph Lundgren. Lundgren. I don't know who it is. He was like action hero kind of guy, very sort of Steven Seagal, uh, John, what, who, I was going to call John Val, not John Val, John, John Claude Van Damme, <laughs> John Val, John, uh, <laughs> sort of like um, the the '90s version of like Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger, like okay, yeah, that kind of vibe. So he he definitely looks the part. I don't think I've ever seen a film with him in though. Who are we going to let Brendan Fraser be? This one suggests Brendan Fraser for Star Lord, as in Peter. Oh, Pope. that's perfect. I think so. He is like. Yeah. He, he is like the precursor to Chris Pratt, I guess, isn't he? He is. Jeff Goldblum as well. He was big in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Laura Dern just plays everyone. <laughs> She's <laughs> fact. Was she that big, though? I only really remember her being in Jurassic Park. Yeah, I, I think 
I think but, she was she in, she's in things like we Doug and I've been watching the West Wing and she turned up in an episode of that we were like oh my god Laura Dern but I think <laughs> it was one of those it was one of those things where she did like one big film they did lots of sort of guest appearances and then when she turned up in Star Wars everyone's just like oh, we love Laura Dern she was in Jurassic Park and there's just been this Laura Dernissance <laughs> we do love her she'd be good as oh what's her name Jane Foster Jane from Four. yeah she'd be good Jane she would. Who would be Julia Roberts? Ooh, Pepper Potts. Yeah. I think she could steal Pepper Potts from Gwyneth. <laughs> from actual Pepper. <laughs> actually, actually steal it. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and then I guess Richard Gere would have been big, but I feel like he's not really superhero vibes for me. No, he's a bit too soft, I think. Yeah. He's very, he's very like, because he I think he's a Buddhist. So he's very kind of zen and stuff and even yeah. in his like i saw pretty woman for the first time a couple of months ago and i was like he's very cool and very you know subdued isn't he yeah i don't think he i think he's just yeah not quite right um halle berry i love halle who could she be i mean she's already in marvel because she's storm Mm. It's, so she is she's my storm because I grew up with her as storm but oh, who could she be she'd be a good black widow to be she'd honest. be brilliant black widow I think yeah what about Billy Zane? Billy, Billy Zane Billy Zane he was the bad guy in Titanic oh my god of course he was um yeah he'd be good but I don't know who he'd be he'd be a good villain he'd I can't see him in yeah. a pretty he'd be like Sam Rockwell's character or something yeah obviously Johnny Depp was big in the 90s but You'd have to do like a a real character. He'd have to be like a villain in Guardians or something. He'd have to be a villain. Yeah, I don't see him as a. Or the guy in guard, the first Guardians, who has the Infinity Stone. Who plays him? The guy with like who he's in like the the laboratory and stuff, and the laboratory gets destroyed in the first Guardians film. Oh, the Collector. Yeah, him. Yeah, you're right. He'd be a great Collector, actually. Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant was everywhere. Why have we not put Hugh Grant in for anything? Hugh Grant, like that. His branding is not Marvel. Come on. <laughs> he has more evil stuff now. I think he's got the range. Yeah, I mean, he could give him if he does a good American accent. He could do Iron Man. No, I can't imagine him doing an American accent. Can you? No, not really. It would be, it would just, it would be a bit wrong. You'd be yeah. like, no, you're Hugh Grant. You would talk awfully like, blah, 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 blah. He'd be a good love interest for a female superhero. <laughs> mm. This is fun. I enjoy this game. Hello, and welcome to The Marvel Virgin, a podcast all about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is Paul, and I'm a Marvel Virgin. And my name is Kaylee, and I'm a Marvel whore. For each episode, Paul is watching a Marvel movie or TV series for the very first time. And with my help, we'll be delving into the good and not so good aspects of the MCU and navigating the secrets and intricacies of this big and complex universe. If you'd like to send in any questions, comments, factoids, or even if you'd like to correct anything we've said, after all, we're not perfect, then you can tweet us at the Marvel Virgin. We'd love to hear from you. Enjoy the show. Shall we go into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? We should. There is a link. John Hanna's in it. He is friends of <gasps> And he mummy. was in The Mummy with Brendan Fraser. Yeah. They're done. <laughs> That's the conversation. I was thinking about, um, I remember w- w- watching uh, some of the earlier episodes of season four with the whole thing with the dark hold and the book and stuff. I was like, this is a bit like the book of the dead in The Mummy. And then I was like, oh, John Hanna's in The Mummy. Oh, my God. <laughs> and if it is a book of the dead, he will show up. <laughs> <laughs> a book involving the dead <laughs> yeah. I think that might be in his contract I love John Hammer he should be in more things he is I feel like he's a bit wasted in this but I think most of them are quite frankly yeah although to be fair did like this more than most of the other Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. seasons so did I I thought this was I, I wouldn't describe it as like redeeming or anything I wouldn't <laughs> go that far but I I didn't find it as unbearable or as relentless as previous seasons. And I think it's because they split it into three parts. Yeah, I agree. And I like the darker vibe. I mm. think that was more because we've had Netflix and we're like, oh, we like the darkness. And now yeah. it's like, yes, we need the darkness all the time, apparently. So. We're, we're happy in the darkness. Yeah. <laughs> we don't like the light. Give us something. <laughs> 
And I think they did well to have each of the three parts had like its its own self-contained story. However, they had a few things that would carry over. Hmm. And they made sure some, sometimes there was a bit of like, right, this happened and suddenly this happened and suddenly this happened. But there were some storylines that kind of like kept going and they let the storyline breathe a bit more. For instance, yeah. May is in that coma for ages. It's like, a long, long time. I know. I was shocked. I was like, is. wake up, May, wake up. I know, like she, she's actually in there for about two thirds of the whole season, in to- nearly two thirds of it in total. Yeah. And they kept that going. Whereas I think in sort of the first three seasons, they would have shown her in it, then she escapes and then something else happens. Whereas yeah. they were like, no, let's keep her there for a bit and see. Let's let her sleep. <laughs> yeah. Give her a rest. She normally carries the show. She should have a break. And I'm always a sucker for um, cyborgs going crazy. Love it, yeah. Very. Uh... I love anyone where there's a robot, and also doppelganger robots. Yeah, yeah. Big fan yeah. of doppelgangers. Even more menacing because yeah. you don't know they're robots. And so literally, funny. almost everyone is a robot in this. It's so but, funny. But yeah, like <laughs> you're like, oh, so I, I try. They're all like, who's a robot? I'm the robot. I can't and I love how they don't really explain how they managed to capture each person and then put a robot in their place. I'm like, just go with it. They're all robots now. <laughs> I know. Did they come and get them all at once? When did they all get taken? I don't understand. And why were the only two people left behind? It doesn't <laughs> matter. We were spoon fed that twist. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> See I assume they happens. were in the bathroom and they came back and everyone was just sitting there very like. <laughs> and they're like, oh, weird. This is some weird vibe while we were out of the room. Yeah. I like how it's it sort of started off as like iRobot. Mm. it's a robot like who starts to sort of think beyond her sort of her station I guess um then it kind of stems into invasion of the body snatchers with the robots all replacing others Mm. then it kind of stems into Pinocchio because she's all like I want to be a real woman (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then they have the memories of their robot counterparts as well That confused and, me. <laughs> and like May, when she met the May robot, doesn't know she's a robot, which is, can you imagine if you're like, you suddenly discover you are one because you've got all your memories and stuff? That's fucked up. Um, you know that terrible game I used to play and that I made you play for a while, Choices. Oh yeah, yeah. The, so one is... of those uh, apps where you sort of be like, oh, do I do I have sex with him or do I leave? <laughs> yes, obviously it's much classier than that. You kind of, yeah. <laughs> um, in this one, you, you go on this online dating site and you're matched with your perfect person like they look exactly like how you said and they are and they, they're a robot oh. but they don't know they're a robot and it's like oh, do you keep dating the robot or not and it felt like they maybe lifted the plot from this or shield lifted it from that i don't which know came, which came first, which came first <laughs> the app or agents of shield who knows it's a very no chicken and egg situation yeah <laughs> I, before we go into plot, I made a list of some lines that just made me laugh. Because you know how clunky it is sometimes. So this is one from Glenn Talbot, who I really enjoy as a character because they purposefully make him a bit of a doofus. Yeah. <laughs> With his big moustache and his sort of Southern <laughs> States accent and stuff. And he cut, and there's one, there's one line where he goes, we're going to squeeze him like a lime wedge on dollar beer night. And that's like the big line of the scene. And I thought that was so funny. I don't, I don't know if it was intended to be funny. But I made it's so hard to tell with the writers because I'm like, they wrote, oh, like, obviously they've worked in the Whedon-y world, aren't they? Yeah. So you're like, mm, could be for fun, but also could just be clunky writing. Exactly. exactly. It's hard to tell. The other one was when uh, when Jeffrey Mace is, um, he wants to be injected with the serum again so he gets the super strength again. And I think it's Simmons says to him, but the serum is lethal. And he goes, oh, so it's a little risky. And I was like, do you not know what lethal means? Lethal means you die. <laughs> uh, what's the other one? Oh yeah, here. Um, I think this is Coulson when he, they go into like a political office or something and they go, heard you were looking for some enemies of the states. <laughs> <laughs> do you think sometimes that they're just tired in the writing room and they want to go home and I they've think, been yeah. spending for ages and they're like, oh, we've ordered enough pizzas. You know, there's a real sense of, of like, yeah, by the end of the day in the writer's room, there's a real sense of, oh, that'll do. <laughs> yeah. or, or it's a holder line and they're like, we'll change it later. And then they forget. And then they're watching the show and they're like, oh no, we left it in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the last one, this wasn't so much something that made me laugh, but I thought this actually I thought was so good. Is the bit towards the end when Ada and the Russian guy, she's like, make me feel something. So she sort of forces him to have sex with her and then bashes his head in. 
Uh, yeah, immediately afterwards was... i was like that is second wave feminism right there nice <laughs> Con- yeah and she had consent so not for the head bashing no no that obviously she needed consent for but the rest <laughs> of it she at least sought and obtained consent i don't think murder is something that needs consent or not consent to decide whether it's murder or not really does oh it? i thought you were gonna say it doesn't need it i was like sure <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, like, in the case of murder, there's no such thing as consent. There's just murder. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Or is it euthanasia? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. But I don't think it was in this scene. Not in this instance. It was definitely not euthanasia. But it was just a really cool, like, feminine power moment that I thought was just, it was, it, it was really random, but I kind of enjoyed it as well. I quite like a random sex murder scene that comes from nowhere that you normally get that in agents of shield yeah it also t- turns into sort of by the end of it it's like pinocchio and fatal attraction because she's like she wants to be a real person but also she wants fits and she'll kill anyone who gets in her way <laughs> i bet fits feels very i'd feel pretty like mm, i mean i don't think this is cool but also it's nice to have someone who says is <laughs> interested in you in such a way especially yeah. since it's been like means Moon sort of mooning over Simmons for such a long time, and mm. it was fun to mix it up. I thought they, with the storylines, they kind of mixed up the characters a bit more, mm. um, uh, especially with like May dealing with the fact that she turns out to be a robot. Um, <laughs> I like the teaming up of Daisy and Simmons when they go into the framework. I uh, did, was, and were you able to tell them apart? So I know this has been a problem for you before. Yeah, I, was, I mean, they separated them, which was quite helpful. <laughs> You're like, okay, I can keep tabs of where they are in their outfits. Um, so plot-wise, the first sec, the first of the three sections is the Ghost Rider section. And Daisy slash Quake is on, on her lonesome, being all vigilante-ish. Um, and she's tracking down a new mysterious vigilante called the Ghost Rider. And the Ghost Rider is a man called Robbie Reyes, who's possessed by a sort of demonic force. He says he's made a deal with the devil. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it kind of activates when he sees pe- bad people doing bad things. He's like, and he becomes like a flaming skull and then kills yeah. them with a chain, basically. It's cool, right? It's I really cool. He's a very interesting character and I was glad to see him pop up in the Marvel Universe. It's good. Yeah. And I, I like how it's it's a power. It's not really a power. It's it's actually a, a, a person. The, the Ghost Rider is a person, but it can move between different people. Yes, that, they use that quite well. Like, like Mac becomes the Ghost Rider, and then at the end, there's the big twist that Coulson's got the Ghost Rider in him and stuff. And and it's very um different vibe, like very mystical, mm. which feels like it makes sense that this came after Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah, there is a bit of sort of religious existentialist stuff going on in yeah. the MCU at the moment, isn't there? Yeah, it's like they were like, okay, everyone knows that we can be weird now, so let's push up weirdness on them i guess it's a phase i guess it's phase three isn't it phase one and two you've introduced the superheroes you've introduced the idea of villains and stuff now we're going to go a step further and really start to get quite philosophical about this yeah Um, and that's and i suppose agents of shield is following suit yeah which is good normally they do their own thing but it's nice to see them following the trend because the other thing that's going on is there are a bunch of ghosts which i was like nice ghosts love that (laughs) that's hilarious um, and these ghosts, they can sort of drive people insane. Like May gets infected by one and she starts seeing like people's eyes disappearing and she, she starts basically turning sort of like very paranoid. And She has a real bad time of it this season, doesn't she? She really does. Like, Well, I feel it's only fair because Simmons has been put through the ringer for a few yeah. seasons. And now Simmons, she still gets put through the ringer, bless her heart. But now it's May's turn to like be vulnerable. She's um, like possessed by ghosts. A robot in a coma. There's a lot happening to her. Exactly, yeah. But I like that. I like it. It's finally, she's not just coming in to save the day. She's actually, yeah, like she's vulnerable. She's got like, this this is what I mean by they've mixed up the characters a bit more, which is quite fun. And we love her. So it's nice to see her giving the, getting the big storylines is nice, right? Exactly. She can do, yeah, she can do a bit more of it. She's a good actress. Really Mm. good. Um, The S.H.I.E.L.D. are investigating these ghosts and, um, uh, the ghosts are after a book called The Dark Hold. And if you read The Dark Hold, it's a bit like um, it's a bit like Adam's apple. It's like you you sort of you get too much knowledge that so much knowledge your brain can't handle. The ghosts were using it, using the knowledge in there to create a machine that just creates matter out of nothing. 
I love your description. It's so good. The ghosts were using the evil book. <laughs> they weren't ghosts when they were using it. They no, were people. They <laughs> but something went wrong in the experiments that which turned them into sort of ghosts. Which is unfortunate. It's not what you want, is it? It's do? not really. No, they didn't do many. The, judging by the flashbacks, they didn't do a lot of like safety protocols with this, did they? No, I would have had like a little line around the book, maybe like some glass. I don't know. I don't know what what project protocols you can do for reading a book really burn it burn that bloody book burn the book don't go near it leave it yeah. where you found it the grimoire which is basically what it is exactly <laughs> but what connects Robbie Reyes to this is that his uncle Eli Morrow was the kind of the head of these scientists mm. and he's been driven mad with power from the dark hold and wants like all this power to create matter of itself and when he does get that power it's kind of menacing like he can just like shoot, shoot a spike out of nowhere yeah which is good power. It is good power. I think, like, going back to what a superpower would be, I'll take that. Yeah, I'd like to just be able to make whatever I want. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> I'd probably use it for more, like, less nefarious like aims. I'd be like, I quite fancy a sandwich. Yeah, or, like, food for the hungry. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you were Well, you're hungry because you want a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how Jesus maybe got around with it. It's like, fish for you, fish for you, fish for you. <laughs> And fish and chips for me. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> I didn't quite get this bit. There's there's this bit, there's this business around another dimension that Fitz, Coulson and Reyes enter and they can see the real world, but they can't interact with it. Yeah. And this other dimension is kind of like, it's going to kill them eventually or something like that. Um, but they yeah. managed to get out of it. And the Ghost Rider manages to, um, the Ghost Rider inhabiting Reyes drags Morrow into that dimension and then the portal closes mm. and that gets rid of him essentially doesn't it well so far as we know as far as we know yeah and yeah that was quite fun I enjoyed the ghosts I thought the ghosts were generally quite frightening when you first meet them and I would have liked that when you discover what the ghosts are a bit early I think I think I would have liked that to be a bit longer mm. um, of like spookiness but then I guess it would turn into a horror film but it would have been a scooby-doo wouldn't it it would be a bit scary. It was the janitor. <laughs> <laughs> but I would have enjoyed that. Because they are kind of like the, the mystery ink club, really, Agents of Shield. They are a bit, yeah. Um they could have they could have made some Scooby-Doo jokes in there, couldn't they? They could have They could. They yeah. could. They could really well, I guess maybe they didn't want to lean too far into like the Buffy storyline, like they were the Scooby gang. <laughs> so, uh. But it felt very Scooby-Doo. And you've got all the little tropes of Scooby-Doo characters as well. Like you got the smart one and the, the jock leader one and the pretty one. And, you know, you've got it all. The yeah. dog. I don't know who the dog would be, but there's bound to be one. <laughs> May, I guess, is Daphne in this season because she's constantly captured. She is. So even though she's not, Daphne's not as strong as her, but, you know, she fulfills that role. <laughs> well, in the modern Scooby-Doo movies, Daphne is played by Sarah Michelle Gellar and she is strong. She That's does. true. She is, yeah. So maybe it could be that vibe. Yeah. Apparently, um, Belma has now been held up as an LGBTQ icon. There's rumors about her being like bisexual and stuff, but I think it's I think it's a bit of a Dumbledore situation of like you didn't actually put it in there; you've just said it afterwards, and it's yeah. a bit a bit tokenistic. I also love that there are rumors about her being bisexual. Like she has a life outside the episodes that we've seen. <laughs> like what she does. There's paparazzi at her gate in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Belma. <laughs> Tell us more. Who's this person you're with? <laughs> uh, we then go into the second section, which I think for me was probably the weaker section because it was like a bridge between the first and the third. Yeah. Um, and it delves more into Ada, who is this um, cyborg that uh, Radcliffe, played by John Hanna, has created to assist him. However, Ada... Ada is immediately very sinister. She's she's like, but maybe we should kill them. Isn't that not a logical explanation? <laughs> yeah. This is the problem with all robots ever. You're like, they always go down this route. I don't know why people don't learn. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But she also reads, she is able to read the dark hold because the dark hold, the, the words in it uh, come up in whichever language that you understand. So she sees lots of numbers and patterns and stuff in mm -hmm. there. She's a robot, which I thought was really cool. I thought that was I, when the bit where she reads it. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> that's not good. I've seen Westworld. This is not yeah. good. This is key to her nefarious plans. We should remove it from her grasp. <laughs> this is not going to go down well. I thought the actress who played it was really good because she essentially plays five different characters. Yeah. Throughout the whole thing, doesn't she? She plays the original Ada, who's like. 
I am a logical machine, but also I have murderous tendencies. <laughs> she play and she plays the Ophelia, Madame Hydra character in the framework. She mm -hmm. plays so Ada is based is a basically a cyborg version of Radcliffe's wife who has terminal cancer, and she plays her as well with her own Australian accents. Yeah. Um, she then plays Ada in human form at the very end, who's just nuts and can't control her feelings. Um, as well as all these sort of in-between aiders as well. So she she's really multifaceted in this, I think. That's probably why they gave the role to her rather than anyone else that's in the show already. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, she was very good, I agree. And it's interesting having all those different, you never really know who Ada is. You never know yeah. how she reacts. It's quite a fr frightening. Which made her her kind of emotional turmoil really believable because she her identity is so difficult to place because she's essentially been created by someone based on a real Ada. So she's so sort of misplaced and can't, she wants to sort of be a human so that she can have a relationship with Fitz, but he doesn't love her because obviously he loves Simmons. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's, it, it, yeah, you can understand why she's a bit fucked up by the end. <laughs> yeah, she's gone for a lot, bless her. She does go through a lot. We've also got um, S.H.I.E.L.D. being headed by Jeffrey Mace, who is, he presents himself as an inhuman with super strength, except he isn't. He's on drugs. <laughs> He's taking strong steroids. But he creates this image of himself as an inhuman because inhumans are getting a bit of a raw deal. They're being sort of hunted down by evil senators like Senator Nadir, played by the woman from Bend It Like Beckham. Yes. And... Um, and they're being very like, you're disgusting. So they're really pushing the sort of um, LGBT kind of themes here of like, we, you know, we can't let you be legal because it's a threat to society and that sort of thing, which is quite cool. Um, Senator Nadir is awful as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like the bad guys in this are much worse than any of the bad guys in any of the other seasons. I think so. I feel, I think they should have kept her in. She was such a good villain because she was very nefarious because you discover that her brother is in fact an inhuman, but mm. she's trying to hide it and also wants to assassinate him because she's working with the terrorist organizations. Super dark. I'd like a spin-off about her. Yeah. Or like just expand on that. Like, but they don't, they kill her off. <laughs> as as, they as like is their do. way. <laughs> as it, as <laughs> is their wants, isn't it? <laughs> I guess if they actually had shorter seasons then maybe they could do bloody longer they could do longer line storylines because it'd be like, oh yeah, well, she can be in the next season and stuff. But as it is, they do like three seasons in one and yeah, feel shorter as a result. And it's kind of interesting that her allies are the sort of the terrorists who want to kill all inhumans because that made me think of Mrs. America where Phyllis Schlafly's allies are people that even she is quite uncomfortable with because all she really wants to do is... Um, you know, make sure that women have a more conservative role. But then her allies are people who are even against like civil rights yeah. and are quite racist. And even she's a bit like, uh, I don't, I'm not, a, I don't want to be racist though. But she, these are the only people that she can ally with. And I think that is quite interesting with Senator Nadir is that her allies are actually quite extreme. Um, yeah, that's very, very true at the moment. I was reading an article in The Guardian about COVID deniers. <laughs> and uh, they said like, you know, the type of people like that you end up um to to get yourself where you want to be you can you can be okay with an awful lot so like you maybe don't believe that covid is fake mm. maybe you just believe it's been overblown but you you're willing to ally yourself with people who think it's completely fake or that yeah. it's created by the government to control because you're all leading towards this sort of one cause of like let's get lockdown cancelled by it was interesting yeah yeah and there, there's like people who it's it's such a slippery slope like there's there's a there's the there was that debate a couple of years ago about schools in the UK teaching mm. about LGBT families and things that like being a bit more explicit about it and obviously yeah. this is very important to happen but there yeah. were people yeah. who felt who genuinely felt that it was maybe a bit age inappropriate for primary school children however their allies are people who actually just want to make LGBT people illegal and not yeah. and not have same-sex marriage or anything like that and that's that's the dangerous part because these people are dangerous and should not get a voice really yeah for sure it's it's a hard one isn't it I find like we've talked about this before probably I don't know on the show or not but when when you're looking to conserve or be conservative there's so many different 
like everyone has that one goal of conserving so you can all unite for that whereas when you're trying to be liberal there's lots of different ways to be liberal so you end up with a lot of infighting yeah it's Look at that it's just a shield is deep it is deep it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't go that deep it just brought up these ideas in my head i guess <laughs> it's thrown us down a path and we're thinking about things how dare it <laughs> it's, but it's also like again the lgbt thing nadir's secret is that her brother is an inhuman and she's trying to hide that from the public there are yeah. republican senators in the u.s who have voted against lgbt rights and it turns out they are gay themselves <laughs> and it's just everyone and even the gay community is like we can't accept you you've like you've you've held back our human rights here ada went a bit too far having read the dark hold so they they managed to sort of stop her however radcliffe has kept her head as one does and him and fitz are kind of secretly trying to experiment on it to improve her which mm. of course isn't going to go well no <laughs> But I love the logic every time. Every time. This I know. is the of, <laughs> of shield. You're like, why? Why do you against everything you but know? This happens in science fiction. It's like, let's experiment on the evil robot and see if we can come up with some interesting things. And like, no, don't do it. Just don't. Just, don't just bin do it. it. Just <laughs> kill the robot. Because <laughs> um, in the meantime, they May has been replaced with a robot version of May who doesn't know that she's a robot version of May. And the real May has been put into a coma and that puts her inside the framework, which is like a virtual reality. And I liked this exploration of how to keep her in the framework because you can get out of it if you become yeah. aware of it. You can make yourself wake up. And, a and a But there's that episode where Ada discovers that May is, she puts May into like a really peaceful like framework thinking that may would want to stay but actually may doesn't want to stay may sees there's something wrong because that's yeah. not her life and i thought that was really clever that they had to adapt the framework to kind of make them think that this is real um, yeah that's very true actually it's very matrixy isn't it mm, very matrixy yeah in fact this this series borrows from so many different sci-fi tropes really you've got the westworld element with all the doppelgangers you've got <laughs> I robot with the evil robot you got matrix there's so much going on pinocchio pinocchio <laughs> the devil fatal up. attraction yeah the exorcist dazzled. <laughs> we've got it all <laughs> <laughs> and over time it then there's a twist in the tale that um uh, everyone has been replaced by a cyborg over time in various bits of fighting i think i get the impression that you they're supposed to think that they've just been so distracted with fighting um like uh anti-inhuman people hmm. that they just haven't noticed that every now and then someone's been sort of taken away put into the framework and then replaced with a robot <laughs> I, mean, I was sort of like over what time period has this been since season one or has it been just this season <laughs> when did this all start happening exactly yeah and at first you think it's Fitz and Fitz and Simmons are the ones who sort of realize it but then it turns out Fitz is also a robot and it's actually Simmons and Daisy one, not the robots <laughs> a very good twist isn't it yeah, like, I, I, uh, he's like, oh my god, I can't believe it! Everyone's a robot, <gasps> including me. <laughs> the shot. I did enjoy that, and yeah, I thought I thought that that was the second. The middle section is a bit is a bit weaker. It, it, like I said, I feel like it's a bridge between the, the the beginning and the end. Yeah, I agree, but I guess they needed it to try and. Mm. There's me saying it. They did. They didn't need it. They could have just cut some of the episodes out, really. But they yeah. put it in. That's fine. And I guess they needed to set up the whole. Con there's a lot to set up in yes. terms of like the various robots ada's trajectory and mm -hmm. and that sort of thing but it gradually turns out that um everyone's inside the framework this virtual reality framework so except daisy and simmons so they then team up with various other agents who are like trainee agents um and they go into the framework because they need to kind of find them in the framework to get them to come out of it somehow. Didn't and you think that with the trainee agents, it was like the Redcoats and Star Trek? You're like, oh, you're all doomed. <laughs> that's it. If you bring in a random agent who's like, oh, yeah, and her and her and him, and they're like, <laughs> oh, you're doomed. <laughs> It'll be like in Galaxy Quest where he's like, do I have a last name? I don't know. <laughs> and his name's just Guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we enter part three. Uh, which is Agents of Hydra. And this was mm. so good. I really enjoyed this. So I'm going to use this as a whole season, to be honest. It was fun. Literally, they could have, ex yeah, this could have been the whole thing. Um, yeah. They're in an alternative reality where Hydra has won and everyone's in a sort of 
Nazi state. I say sort of, it is a Nazi state because Hydra are Nazis. <laughs> um, May and Fitz are super evil. Fitz is kind of married to Ada, who's now Madam Hydra. Mm. And they're head of Hydra. May is like second in command. And she's super, she's extreme May. Like she's like yeah. no humor, no warmth, <laughs> a soldier. Super army soldier <laughs> daisy is an agent of hydra and she's in a relationship with grant ward who's he's alive who's, who's alive in this i loved the bit where she, she sees him in bed but doesn't know he's here and she's like oh, lincoln and he's like no <laughs> who's lincoln <laughs> yeah this is a good story. you know what they could have just done agents of hydra because it would have been fun if they started it and the audience are like what Agents of Hydra, that would be like that you you were trying to figure out what's going on. That would be fun. And there's like a little, yeah, you, you discover at the end of the first episode that it there's something wrong. Like it you you, yeah. you get drip fed exactly what's going on. Yeah. That would have been really cool. Would have been, right? I guess it's yeah. quite it's, it's some confident storytelling. She'd have to be really really aware that your audience are going to get it is a hard one to do isn't and it? i think you know for a 22 episode season you've got to churn yeah. out words <laughs> you do and they obviously have their little um the twist at the end of coulson that they had to set up at the beginning i guess so i can see why they didn't do it it's but true i yeah. personally could have used more agents of hydra yeah definitely um and uh coulson is also a teacher and he's kind of teaching these this fake news about um about Hydra and pupils are like being mysteriously taken away if they're suspected to be in human humans are basically taken away and mysterious you know disposed of um, <laughs> in this world and I love the sort of the the filter that they put over it all to make sure we know that this is a bad world it's grayish it's gray gloomy. and gloomy <laughs> <laughs> um and I I did think so. Daisy and Simmons are the ones who the the other characters don't know that they're in a framework they've been fully sort of um Simulate. what's the word that the Borg do in Star Trek assimilated assimilated yeah Assim they've been fully sort of assimilated because they've been in there so long hmm. whereas Daisy and Simmons are aware of it but they don't they're not very good at pretending I don't know they're terrible they're like the two worst actors have gone in like not actors in general but like their characters are the worst <laughs> actors ever I know I know I am yes Hydra high old Hydra mm. <laughs> yeah and I, they can't seem to compute the fact that Grant Ward so Grant Ward turns out to be uh, not an agent in Hydra but undercover and is working for S.H.I.E.L.D. he's a good guy in this but they he's can't seem to get over that they they keep being like well you murdered people I'm like no he didn't he's a computer simulation of Grant Ward. this is not Grant Ward how do you he's not a different Grant <laughs> yeah they will never get it they'll never get it it's yeah bonkers and um so and but Ada's overall plan is to kind of keep them in there so that she can create a human body for herself that she can inhabit. She wants to be human. She wants to feel emotions and she wants to be in a loving relationship with Fitz. Yes. Wink. 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 <laughs> um, so while she succeeds in this, however, she can't control the emotions because Fitz is like, I don't love you. And she's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then it turns out she's got lots of powers uh, yeah. and uses that. I was like, that's random, but okay, I'll go with it. He's super evil before he remembers who he is, though, in this in this world, isn't he? I was quite like, ooh, Fitz. It's, I think May and Fitz are the ones. So Daisy and Simmons have to kind of convince the others that this is not real. It's a bit like a sort of brain in a jar thing where you're like, this isn't real. You're actually an alternative person. And Coulson's quite quick. He's like, I always thought it and stuff. <laughs> Um, I, bet he didn't. I just think that's his that's his vibe, isn't it? May takes a long time, and I get the impression it's because she's been in there so long. Yeah. Um, so that she's just consumed by it, and mm. Fitz takes a long time because I get the impression Ada's really manipulated him because he's not been in it quite as long. And maybe also because he's in such a powerful role, and he's not been in a position of power really. True. True. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, he's probably enjoying it in a weird way. Yeah, like normally he's sort of like the last season, I guess he was very much on the back foot, wasn't he? Mm. And he's always frustrated by um, people superior to him overruling like his scientific knowledge and stuff. Yeah. And I guess that's why maybe he teamed up with Radcliffe in secret to experiment on Ada so that he could like discover cool, important things. Whereas Simmons is the one who's like, no fits, we mustn't do that. We have to follow some orders sometimes. Do, 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 indubitably. Golly gosh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. be very impeccable. <laughs> yeah. But it's good. I think he uses the Scottish accent very well for evil and good. <laughs> yes. 
it's amazing how a Scottish accent can be both things. It can either know, be like, like really soothing or it can be really horrifying. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, sexy, sexy. Ah, terrifying. I don't want you anywhere near me. Uh, so, yeah, the Daisy and Simmons managed to get everyone out of the framework. Mac takes a bit longer because we discover this stuff about his daughter being alive and his daughter's not alive in the real world. So he struggles yeah. and he needs Yo-Yo, who's his love, int- his love interest, to persuade him to come out of it. So I'm guessing they're going to explore that in the future because they they've kept that one on the back burner for quite some time. I know it was very sad reveal, wasn't it? Sure, like you can mm-hmm. completely get why someone would want to live in it. That's I guess part of the grief process, isn't it? Like you can create these fantasies and bargainings mm. and so on. So that yeah, was a- I swear there's been science fiction stories where people have created alternative realities where it's someone is alive who's not really alive and they become so con- they start to think it's real or convince themselves that it is they've they've explored that many times in the old sci-fi world in the new sci-fi world too in the old, yeah, new, yeah in all the sci-fi worlds all the sci-fi um so they all get out and now they've got to get rid of ada who's gone nuts now um and so they, the ghost rider comes back from his dimension and helps them out and he kind of um they, they trick her she knows that he can destroy them so the ghost rider enters Coulson's body to trick yeah. her. She doesn't realise. And I thought that was quite a good little trick. Oh, it's a clever trick. I mean, it's always nice to have the ghost rider rock up after we've decided he's not on the bad team. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And the grand scared of things. He seems like a good guy, so. But I liked how it made the season quite full circle. Like, we had the ghost rider section at the beginning, but then he yes. comes into the finale at the end. And I was like, that's, yeah, you thought about this one this and time. And it, nice it was actually a surprise as well. Like, I wasn't, mm. wouldn't expect Coulson to be like, ha-ha. <laughs> yeah yeah it was, it was really good I thought yeah they concluded it very well and then he takes the dark hole back into his back into the alternative dimension as well yes which makes sense I think they should keep it there and not let anyone else use it's it a bit dangerous really isn't it yeah um, and we end with a cliffhanger where the shield agents are taken by a mysterious group and they wake up on a space station yeah but very casually they seem fine with it <laughs> <laughs> I know well I guess they've seen so much stuff that you know nothing surprising <laughs> yeah yeah, that's true. But it was an enjoyable season. I thought so. I thought this was the strongest of the four so far. It's not like, I still think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is not really my cup of tea. Um, yeah. <laughs> but this was, I thought this was more structured and they thought a bit, bit more about it. And like I said, they let certain storylines breathe and develop for a bit. Yeah. Um, and I did love all the, the more, the weirder storylines rather than just like, I don't know. It felt very tr- contrived before the previous storylines. So. Yeah, yeah, I know what you oh, mean. Oh no, who's Daisy's real parents? They're these people. She's not Daisy, she's this person. You know, whereas this felt very like, ah, oh, you have literally no idea what's going to happen. You can't guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And maybe, maybe like we said, we would have liked a bit more exploration of the framework, what's inside the framework. Maybe cut out the, the middle section yeah. And have a quicker bridge from the first to the last section or something like that. But like a one episode bridge. That's all it took for me to get there. That's re- yeah. That like, <laughs> that's all you needed, really. Like, yeah. Maximum three, maybe, where Ada's like gradually replacing them all with cyborgs or something. Because that's all that really happens in that second one is that there's a lot of fighting and Ada replaces them all with robots. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. Mm. We do, I would love to see like a little flashback episode where it shows her sneaking in and replacing everyone. That would have been my, my, my And way she day. turns to the camera and goes, shh. <laughs> <laughs> a little wink. Yeah, I would have enjoyed that. <laughs> a little wink, yeah. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> like in um, oh, 9 to 5 where they have all the fantasy sequences. I've not seen 9 to 5. Oh, I'm cool. It. It's on I Disney Plus now, so I might watch it. Well, there we go. Yeah. Look at you promoting Disney Plus like a trooper. I don't get any royalties <laughs> for it. <laughs> yeah. No, I watched it recently. I watched it on International Women's Day because I figured, why not? It's about and women. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good, actually. It seemed to sort of hold up. So, yeah. I mean, what would you give this one out of five? I'd, yeah, good. 3.5. It was... Has it made it into your mid-tier section of Marvel stuff? I think I've just got like Jessica Jones, Daredevil... Luke Cage and then everything else underneath (laughs) at the moment (laughs) so it's not quite crept up that high no no but it's I think I would recommend it as a standalone season to people yeah I think it's quite it's relatively strong in that and you probably don't need to have watched previous seasons to fully get what's happening you get spoon-fed everything anyway 
Well, yeah. I mean, what was interesting is they said, the producers said about this one that they felt like they had to do it for season four, not one of the other ones, because people needed to really care about the characters. And I was like, the funny thing is, me and Paul don't care about the characters. And we enjoyed it very much. So Maybe you could have started off like that a little bit? <laughs> yeah. Help us learn to like these people a little bit mm. more. They seem less tropey this time. I don't know. They ex- they just use them in a different way. Like like yeah. I said, like May being in a state of vulnerability. Um the characters all being in the framework and not realizing who they really are and then being alternatives to each other. Daisy and Simmons teaming up in the framework was a sort of a team that I quite liked because you've got Daisy being a bit more bombastic, I suppose. And Simmons who's a bit more withdrawn and panicky, but still very brave and courageous. So she's Hermione, isn't she? She is very Hermione, definitely. And then Grant Ward being alive, but a good guy as well. Um, like yeah just stuff like that I thought and Ada Ada's whole trajectory I thought was really good and they had a really good actress for her so yeah Grant Ward's an interesting character because I feel like he's very loved by the um by the fans but also very hated so having yeah. him come back in this role was really interesting because it's like oh, they have so many conflicting feelings about him and it's yeah, sad but... because you kind of wish he had turned out that way but I also feel like they could have, they could have, they, they treat him like he's hive still. And I'm like, he yeah. very obviously is not like it's, it's actually, that was more frustrating than anything. <laughs> yeah. But it was a good twist having him wake up in the bed because they had that connection, didn't they? Those two. So yeah. Yeah. They kind of suggest that maybe, well, I don't know. There was more. I guess place. it's give, it's giving her the life that she kind of wanted before it turned out that he was really evil and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and maybe it's sort of validating, like there was something there. Yeah. You know, that kind of vibe. Yeah. I mean, I overall I enjoyed it more than the others. I put this as my top top one of the Agents of Shield. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I yeah. agree. The good thing is we've only got they they did one more season of 22 episodes and then they reality finally set in. They went down to 13. So Yeah. They realized that people don't have time for exactly. all these episodes. But yeah, I put it above Iron Fist. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> I put a lot of things above that first season of Iron Fist. <laughs> yeah, well, there we go. Well, I don't know what else there is to say, but I have the shortest quiz in the world for you. This is you the shortest quiz in the world. Let's do the shortest quiz ever. Okay, what do you think it got on Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, God, I mean, the fans love it, so probably like 99, 100%. It's 96%. 96%. <laughs> they loved it. They liked it. It was edgier. Mm. It, I agree with that. It's edgier. Yeah. And darker which is which is cool um do, 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 do. why why was it darker what enabled them to do that less restrictions on what they're allowed to put in in terms of violence and stuff kind of so it shifted to a later time slot ah okay 10 p.m so the whole tagline was like agents of shield after dark <laughs> Ooh, <that's... laughs> that was which kind of suggests like you know different yeah, they're off to amsterdam or something yeah <laughs> yeah um Jeffrey Mace obviously we've spoken about him and his role in this season is very different to how he is in the comic books he was actually a superhero quite a famous one do, do you know who he, he was quite a Captain America kind of figure so someone like that yeah he was the third Captain America there's a third Captain America yeah in the comic books there's there's many iterations oh of God and uh, he's the third one so oh. yeah, that's that like Doctor Who it is a bit like the doctor. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's kind of what we're moving into with the next. Well, I mean, you're not there yet, but the next phase of Marvel films seems like they're handing the torch over sometimes. Uh, okay. This was um, a commentary on, like, the show's been seen as a commentary on a real life series of events. Uh, it's the civil rights or the Trump, administ- the Trump administration. It did feel very post-Trump. Yeah, like, so- definitely. It was one of the few shows that was able to comment on it that quickly. Mm. So the first one to be able to sort of talk about that. And they had the whole like, make society great again. And they had... Um, Fitz does say it. He says, we're going to make this society great again. Yeah. The alternative facts that they're teaching. And, mm. you know, that's quite, was quite interesting. There is an interesting shift in yeah. the MC, not just in the MCU stuff, but in films in general. If you watch a series and you hit 2016 which is not just Trump year, but also Brexit year. And I think both yeah. of those things are, you know, intertwined. Um, and also 2017 was when the, the all the sort of stuff about various producers and actors in Hollywood came out as well. Mm. There is an in, a very big shift in terms of wanting to bring 
these worries and concerns into into the media and then there's also a shift i think in the diversity of casts as well because there's a higher expectation for that yeah i agree handmaid's tale came out just after trump came in i think they'd been right they hadn't written it to be about trump but they'd you know it's just it a worked. serendipitous coincidence <laughs> happy happy times um simmons gives a warning to a young boy that all hydra agents are dot 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 nazis they're all Nazis. They're all not, Nazis. Not all Nazis are Hydra, but all Hydra are Nazis. Um, and that was also meant to be a little Trump reference as well. Yeah. Because of his problems with, you know, women and immigrants and... Everyone. Women. Yeah, pretty much Life. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was like... Yeah. <laughs> they said, like, it's meant to be a reminder of the authoritarian monster that's been put in the White House. Mm. Mm. So it kind of makes sense that this is all a lot darker as well. Yeah. Um, why is it interesting that Coulson says he believes that Ghost Rider was an urban legend? Is it because it is an urban legend or based on an urban legend? No, so this one's a bit of a complicated one. So apparently it's because so Ghost Rider himself in this series is the third iteration of Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. There were at least two before him. Right. So kind of, and, and because of the way Coulson says it, it sounds like it's like not something from recent memory. So it kind of implies speaks to this fact that these storylines like continue and that different people take on the torch and i see okay yeah like there was a ghost rider who like used to just ride a horse because <laughs> he was that old and stuff like that you know the medieval ghost rider <laughs> yeah the medieval ghost rider. so it's kind of interesting that they had like mm. that reference there. but they very much established that ghost rider can just move between anyone at any point can't it yeah um, it's a, it is the ghost rider is not robbie reyes it's a different force that just happens to inhabit him so yeah and quite a few people were upset that it wasn't one of the more og ghost riders that was in this series rather than yeah. like third one so then they were okay. like oh, it might mean that some of the other ones pop up later people took it as a little shred of hope a shred of hope. I wouldn't like him to be a teacher in a school because he like it manifests when he sees like a bad thing happening. So <laughs> it's a bit dangerous, really, that he might see a child being bullied. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> um, what does LMD stand for? Life modeled body. No, I can't D. remember. D, 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 D. LMD. Oh, I can't remember now. <laughs> you were so close, though. That's why I was like, oh, I hope you are. Life model decoy. Life model decoy. That was it. Yeah. And in the um, the Patton Oswald's agent, like, there's lots of him. Yeah. Why are they not LMDs? Because they're humans? Apparently they're one big family. <laughs> no, that's, yeah, that's and there's a female one now as well. Yeah. Yeah, they're just like a little family of Patton Oswald's. That's, that's quite cute. It's quite fun. Yeah. And then my last question was, what does Ada stand for? Um, oh, God. It, um, artificial intelligence, intelligence decoy administrator. No, I can't remember you that. You were one. so close again. But oh. Administrator. Um, <laughs> artificially intelligent digital assistant. Ah, uh, that was it. That yeah. was it, yeah. Um, yeah, that was pretty much all I could do for you, really. It's hard when the show's been going this long to find new trivia. Those are very interesting questions, and I learned many things from them. There we go. And I'm sure you'll be using them all the time. Oh, yeah, definitely. Dropping them into <laughs> polite conversation over drinks in the garden. If I'm a, as, as, as one of my old teachers at school said, he'd give you a useless piece of information and say, but if you're ever in a pub quiz, yeah. it may come up. And that, that, sometimes true. it does. It's very true. And also, if you were in a conversation with a real intense Marvel person, you could just drop some of these little facts in and they would leave you alone. Yeah, yeah. So I've got two pieces of good news for you. Tell first me. Piece, the first piece of good news is that there's quite a long gap until Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season five. So there's yes. quite a lot of other things that we can talk about and, you know, your quizzes will be a bit longer. <laughs> yeah, there are, because that is obviously the, the bit everyone's waiting for on these podcasts. Exactly, exactly. Um, and the other piece of good news is we have a film next. Yay! And it's Spider-Man Homecoming. I'm so excited to see what you think of this because you love Spider-Man. Well, Spider-Man's the one that I, probably the, the Marvel uh, superhero that I know the most, that I'm most familiar with uh, because I grew up watching the Tobey Maguire films. I watched the cartoons as a child. Um, and he's one of the most identifiable, I guess, because he's always a youngster. He's a teenager and that's the, his, his vibe, isn't it? Yeah, he's a little, and he 
he is actually young in this one rather than like a slightly older man. Like a 26-year-old playing a 14-year-old, yeah. Yeah, they've gone away from the Greece route and they've gone for actual people who are their own age, which is nice. <laughs> I look forward to seeing this and judging yes. it incessantly. I'm sure you will. Like lots of people I know who love Spider-Man, like they go very different paths. One guy was like, I don't want Spider-Boy. I was like, but he is a boy in the comics. But yeah, that's, <laughs> that's literally Spider-Man's vibe. Like that's, that, that's the whole point. <laughs> Um, yeah so we'll see what you say we will see we will see you've been listening to an episode of the marvel version if you'd like to join in the conversation you can tweet us at the marvel version we hope you enjoyed the show and that you'll tune into the next fact-filled episode